0: What's up fam? Today you guys get me, Aaliyah, and I am so excited to have you guys back here at the Brown Girl White Coat Podcast. Today we have an amazing guest. Let's be real, all our guests are amazing, but her name is Hibba and she is a fourth year medical student just like me and she is applying for general surgery residency. So she will be getting her results in march so almost a month away and she will find out where she'll be doing her general surgery residency so i wanted to bring her here today to give us the arab muslim female perspective on entering general surgery and why general surgery was her specialty of choice. I'm really excited for this episode because I think we need more women talking about surgical fields and just raising more awareness and advocacy for females in this field. So thank you guys for being here today. Make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and let's go ahead and jump into this episode. All right, everyone, we are back. We have HIPAA here from Essence of Med on Instagram. I'm going to go ahead and have her introduce herself for you guys today.
1: Hi, everybody. So my name is Hibba. I am a fourth year medical student in Michigan. I applied for general surgery and I would be the first person in medicine in my family. And I am an Egyptian American, so i um, kind of fitting in with the um, brown girl, white coat. Yeah, (laughs) I'm
0: -hmm. so excited that you're here today. I can't wait for us to talk about why you chose general surgery. It's uh, definitely one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you here today. Um, But before we jump into all that fun stuff, a few quick segments here on this podcast. And so the very first one we do with our guests usually is our highs and lows. So uh, what are your highs right now in your life? And what are your lows? Um, So my highs, I think I'm on a a
1: good um, high roll right now, just because finishing up medical school and, you know, seeing everything kind of fall into place, hopefully, and, you know, looking back and seeing like your hard work pay off that, that to me has been really great. And it's been a really good season of, you know, seeing where my hard work has placed me. But Lowe's, I think, and I think you can relate to in terms of, Mm -hmm. you know, the uncertainty and we're Mm -hmm. like 30 days, about 30 days away from match day. So there is still uncertainty and there's still, you know, trying to figure out where we're going to end up. And that to me is a little bit, you know, a downside of this time. You know, I want to enjoy my time off right now that, that I've finished up my rotations and, I can't really feel like I can enjoy it perfectly just because, first of all, with the pandemic and everything, and then second of all, with the uncertainty, like I don't even know where I'm going to be living in three
0: months. Exactly. Yes. And for anyone that's a new listener, um, I'm also a fourth year medical student and me and HIPAA have actually met before. Um, we've been Instagram friends for a while. We actually were able to meet in person once. So it's really nice to see that we've made it this far for sure. Um, but it is, it is a little scary to think about like, you know, in one month, we're going to find out like where we're going to be for the rest of our residency training. Um, So it's definitely a very exciting time. I'm definitely loving the second half of fourth year. It's been a lot more relaxing than anything I've ever experienced in medical <laughs> school. Um, but yeah, it is scary uh, wondering where we're going to end up, especially because a lot of the times when you rank programs, you pretty much have like your top like four or five that you really would be you could see yourself happy at. And so it's like, Oh, gosh, I hope I match in one of those, at least. you know, so I know know exactly how you're feeling right now.
1: I I think like with that, um, it's, you know, I've been trying to keep myself uplifted, just because, you know, we have this list, and I'm trying to find a good thing with every
0: single one of them so that I don't end up feeling disappointed or feeling too stressed out about it. I completely agree. And there's another thing that I think about often is before we applied, I remember everyone thinking like with COVID, like it's going to be scary. Like, are we going to get interviews? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we got interviews, like I have to remind myself every day, like every interview I got, I'm so happy and thankful for, because that's just another program that's willing to take me under their wing. And it's very flattering, honestly. So totally. I, I definitely, I like that, um, that outlook for sure. Awesome. Yeah, and I then- agree. <laughs> and then the next uh segment is uh, a little fun one because I'm uh, kind of a shopaholic especially mm-hmm. on Amazon So what is your number one product right now that you think all of us should go buy
1: um so I bought this hand blender <laughs> I, I think every I think people have that but I, I mean I just started getting like more like kitchen appliances because I've been cooking a lot more at home and baking more
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I think I, I got this blender like combo that has like one of those little whisks so you can make a Dalgona coffee as well as like a hand blender and I made mashed potatoes last night with it and I I think it also has like a milk frother so you can use like you do all the lattes and everything so I think that's that's been my favorite purchase so far
0: (laughs) nice it's actually funny you mentioned that because this morning I make a matcha latte every morning Mm -hmm. and I have to whisk it or I have to like use it in a blender bottle. And I'm like so lazy, like it's not even that hard, dude. But I'm just like, I need one of those milk frother things so I could just mix it in my cup and I don't have to like shake it. (laughs) So it's funny you mentioned that. All right. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So the fun stuff, this is uh, something that I really have been wanting to discuss with you for a while because when me and Hiba actually met up, we were still kind of in the middle of like thinking about what we're going to apply for. She was still considering general surgery at the time. So she definitely was interested in it for a long, long time, Um, but I'm just curious what made you choose general surgery, if you could tell us a little bit about your experience um, and in the process of choosing this specialty. Sure.
1: So yeah, I do remember that time and I think you were on your surgery rotation. Um, and I remember, I mean, I think it is really the biggest thing for me. I mean, I went in with an open mind and I think that's a big piece of advice I have for anyone starting medical school is going in with an open mind because you don't know what you're going to like, and you don't know what you're going to fall in love with. And at the time, um, like to preface this, I do have, I did not know I was going to medical school before, and I was actually pursuing physical therapy. So I had some of my, my clinical experiences before medical school was working in a physical therapy clinic. And I did work with a lot of post-surgical patients and I, mm-hmm. um, with their recovery and figuring out, you know, how to, how to get them optimized so that they can, you know, live at home normally and do their normal day-to-day activities. But I didn't have any experience in the operating room. And then when I entered medical school, I was kind of curious about it. I really loved anatomy. And that was the first class that I took. And I was kind of intrigued by the human body. And then when I did my, at the end of my first year of medical school, during during that summer, my school offered um, little like clinical internships that were basically like shadowing experiences, a little Mm -hmm. bit like extended shadowing experiences. And I did it in um, breast surgery. Mm. So I i mean, I didn't know what it was. I just signed up for it and I I got accepted. And I was like, okay, well, this is a good like thing to start to do during the summer. Mm. I was interested in women's health and I thought maybe I would go into OBGYN. So I thought this was, you know, something beneficial for that. So when I got there and I I went to surgeries and stuff like that, I really fell in love with the operating room. And that to me is like the make it or break it turning point for Mm. someone considering surgery, you have to love the operating room. Mm. So at the time, I I really did love it. Traditions in there, like it it feels like a ritual, ritualistic experience in the operating room. And, and then seeing the patients, you know, pre-surgical, post-surgical, following up with them, you know, seeing their health and their, whatever's, um, whatever the ailments they have just disappear in front of your eyes. And, to me, that was really, you know, what I loved the most about surgery. And that breast surgery rotation I did do, it's like you're seeing cancer being removed in front of your eyes. And and to me, that was like really an emotional and ex- a spiritual experience, as well as breast surgery is different. And, and some other surgical specialties are also like this, where you do follow your patients, people think that surgery is not like a, a patient-oriented specialty and you're just in the operating room and your patients are asleep and you never talk to them. Mm-hmm. But in breast and several other specialties, um, you are following them for years. You are their like point of care, basically. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed that. I like the relationships we have with patients and the operating room. So the mix of the two, I really enjoyed and that's why I chose it nice and
0: it's it's funny you know asking you this question because we just pretty much got finished with our interviews I think are you done with your interviews uh, for yeah. this season yeah so yeah. it's you probably answered this question a hundred times for people <laughs> it's like then you have me asking you why did you choose general surgery so um but yeah thanks for sharing that um I That's definitely nice. love to ask people um especially when it comes to surgery because I, I'm not I'm not shy to say it at all I did not like my surgery yeah. rotation but I'm not sure if it was um because because the field itself, or just the experience I had, um, but that's this is why I like to ask because there's maybe things I didn't think of, um, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting that you say that the O.R. is the make it or break it. Um, I think that was what I liked the least. So yeah. <laughs> I definitely did not like the OR. So, um, and, and you say it's like a ritualistic experience and uh, that's definitely true because you, it's really just the same thing. Every time you can't get it wrong. You have to be safe. You have to be sterile Mm -hmm. um, and you have to do it the same way every time. So. Exactly. And it's
1: not for everyone. And I, we know that like, it's, uh, Mm -hmm. we know that with all specialties, it's not for everyone, but Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's like a good Mm -hmm. thing to keep
0: in mind just
1: to that you don't like rule it out completely. Exactly.
0: Exactly. For sure. And, and I say this too, because Peds is the same way. So I went into pediatrics and it's the exact same. I mean, you'll have people that are like, oh, yeah, kids, not my thing, you know, yeah. and it's very common. And that's kind of the point, right, is mm-hmm. we all have to like our own things because we need surgeons. We need, you know, pediatricians. We need internal medicine doctors, family medicine doctors, etc. We need all these different specialties. And so it's really nice to be able to talk to different people that are interested in different specialties to see where they're coming from and their thought process and choosing that specialty. So absolutely, I completely agree um and you kind of touched on it a little bit saying you know the or is one of the make it or break it type of things when you're deciding if you want to go into general surgery but what advice do you have for people that are probably like ruling it in or out or just kind of teeter-tottering and not really sure if they yeah. want to enter surgery and what you think you should be prepared for if you want to choose a specialty and be able to find out if you're fit for this specialty
1: sure so i mean a big thing, I think, is not letting your one experience on your surgery rotation define your outlook of the specialty. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, and that goes for every specialty, but I think surgery in particular, you know, some people have really bad experiences with their team or their residents, or they're on a certain subspecialty that they really didn't like. Maybe I got lucky because of variety I got that I got exposed to opened my eyes more to the different that i can take my career and the different ways i can you know become um lead my career as an attending so i i think that maybe i got maybe it's a lot of luck but also just you know separating yourself from and looking at the specialty as if you're the one doing it as if you're the attending would you enjoy doing this um not as a student because the student experience especially on surgery is very different than the resident experience and the attending experience. Um, as a student, you know, I think the quintessential surgery experience is, you know, getting up at 4 a.m., going to your, going to the hospital before your intern event and getting all the numbers and then being ignored the rest of the day and being ignored in the operating room and not touching anything and being yelled at by everyone. And And, you know, I mean, I've had those experiences too. It's not like I had like a Rosy experience compared to everyone else. I just, I think I separated it a little bit better than a lot of my classmates in terms of I know that, you know, I mean, I was in long surgeries, like 15 hour cases, and I wasn't spoken to once. And that didn't bother me as much because I kind of just put myself in the shoes of the resident and the attending, and I just, you know, dissociated myself from, you know, atten- getting attention or getting or making sure that I can answer a question properly or something like that. And I think that, I mean, that goes for every specialty, but I think surgery in particular, because as a student, you don't get to do as much as in other specialties, um, people end up feeling they don't that they didn't have a great experience.
0: I honestly never thought of it like that and I think that really does give me a lot of perspective because I definitely was taking it more from like the student perspective Mm -hmm. you know getting up early and what you explained was essentially exactly what I experienced and that's getting you know pre-charting and then pre-rounding and then just no one listening to me in morning meeting and That's so true because as a resident and an attending, your experience is completely different and you really want to look at the specialty alone and be like, is this a career I want to pursue as an attending? Because the process is kind of, you know, inevitable. It's necessary. You have to go through training, but you want to think of the long-term, like, is this something I want to do for the rest of my life? And, you know, back to what you were explaining earlier is it's, it's much more than just being in the OR, obviously that's a very big core fundamental part of being a surgeon, but also you have that pre and post care and people don't know, but like surgeons practice a lot. I mean, I hope people know, but, um, surgeons practice a lot of medicine. Like Mm -hmm. they, it's not just, Oh, we're going in there and cutting up people and doing surgery. Like they have so much they have to do. And I did see that on my, on my surgery rotation as well. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, exactly. and And then,
1: yeah, like one of the, one of the sayings is, um, there is a lot of, um, There is medicine and surgery, but there is no surgery and internal, like internal medicine or Mm -hmm. medical specialties. So that's why I said, like, you have to love the OR because Mm -hmm. surgery kind of combines both, but you don't, you don't really lose out on the medicine aspect. You still have to know that too, but you have the additional surgery aspect as well. Mm
0: -hmm. That's so true. Um, And then, you know, just out of my curiosity, we didn't discuss, um, this earlier because me and have actually chatted a little bit and kind of figured out what we wanted to discuss this episode, Mm but, um, I'm always curious about residency programs and the way they organize, um, training because every, it's not just that you're only in the OR for five years, you're doing things like ICU and all kinds of different rotations, correct? Yeah. So what does a a residency, a general surgery residency look like?
1: So, I mean, it, it, I don't know how your surgery experience was, but um, I, at my hospital, we have several teams and then we also had like ICU and nights. We don't get much and I don't think any of the places I, I don't recall any of the places that I inter- that I interviewed at um, even had like off service rotations where you rotate on other um, different specialties. We it's mostly you do stay on surgery, but not every surgical um, surgical service is surgical you're not mm-hmm. always in the operating room so you're in the ICU you're maybe on consults and you're working in the emergency department only seeing um surgical consults um you are on um breast or something like that or some kind of clinic like oncology clinic and you're doing a lot of those um the office work and the clinic work and then and then the rest of them are like subspecialties like acute care and trauma colorectal um Um, pediatrics, that kind of thing. Mm, So um, they are all surgical, but um, they're all in surgery in the field, but they're not surgical, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I always wondered that because before I applied for pediatrics, I pretty much assumed I was just going to be in the hospital inpatient floors doing pediatrics all the time. And it's really Mm -hmm. way more than that. You have PICU, NICU, newborn nursery, you know, you have the floors, you have outpatient clinics, you have electives, things like that. So I just, now it popped up in my head when we were discussing all of this. I'm like, I'm curious what a general surgery residency looks like. So all right perfect um and yes another thing that i wanted to ask you and i love to bring on uh female minorities in medicine it's pretty much the underlying um theme of this podcast but um being an arab muslim female in medicine and also being a hijabi and for those that don't know what a hijabi is it's a muslim woman that wears a headscarf and um if you think that in any way affected the process of getting into general surgery or maybe it didn't have any effect at all um and just your experience with it if you have um any words of wisdom for any you know possible Arab Muslim female interested in general surgery
1: um I don't think that it like affected um you know it was a roadblock in terms of um someone was trying to stop me and mm-hmm. pursuing it because I am Arab Muslim female um, but I do think that it did it did affect maybe the ability to find a mentor that you know was re- was relatable to me I do recall, and I, I mean, it's it's institution specific. I At my institution, we don't have many female surgeons. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've had some trouble with finding female mentors, but, it, you know, it's possible. And then I, I reach out to people, you know, on Instagram and on other social media outlets, and that's really what's helped me. But, you know, around the community, that's a little bit different. And, you know, telling people I'm interested in surgery, every single ex- response to me is just, wow, like, do you know how long that is? I'm like, yes, I'm I'm quite aware how long that is. (laughs) I'm very aware. (laughs) I mean, and, and, and those who don't know surgery, surgical residency is five to seven years. And then there's fellowship in addition to that. So it is a long process. And I think a lot of people think like, you know, they, they discourage women, especially in like our culture, from mm-hmm. pursuing something sh- very long because like their ability to, you know, start a family or, mm-hmm. and, you know, by the time I'd finish residency and training, I'd probably be in my late thirties. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is going to be, you know, uh, it is a little bit difficult in that aspect, like the societal expectations. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I, I think I even just talked about this the other night about talking to um, a few friends of ours and they, they were like, well, that's so, so long. Why would you subject yourself to that? Mm-hmm. And then I, my response is always the time passes anyway. Like mm-hmm. what else would I be doing in mm-hmm. the meantime? i might as well be doing something that I love and that I'm passionate about
0: that's completely true I heard that a lot also with entering medical school like oh the process you have the four Mm -hmm. years and then the residency and that's so true you're going to turn 30 anyway you're going to turn 40 anyway I mean god willing hopefully um you know and so Mm -hmm. you got to do something in the process that when you reach that 30 when you reach that 40 years old like did you do something with your time that you can look back and say, wow, like I really am happy. I did this. Like, I love this career. That's so important. And, you know, I, I have the same experience too, you know, like I granted, I, am not entering surgery residency, but essentially like we both did the same medical school and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm looking at a fellowship as well, which is three years after the three years pediatric residency. Mm-hmm. So I'm also looking at like six years training and and I didn't do surgery. I did pediatrics. So the time is going to pass. You, you're going to spend a lot of time doing whatever you enter and you need to love it and you know that's just always how the process is for anything that's worth it so I completely agree with you there um and also another thing that society puts uh, especially the Arab uh, community puts on Arab women is the whole starting a family thing and I just don't know if they realize like you can have kids in residency exactly (laughs) um so I'm not really sure why Yeah, I think when they think of residency, they think of like you're just you're still in school, like you're not, but you're out in the work field. Like you can have, you know, a child if that's what you want, if that's your goal. Obviously, you don't Mm -hmm. have to have kids if you don't want to, and no one should be shamed for that either. Um, But if you, you know, starting a family is something that's important to you. Residency programs have um, put a lot of things in place, especially recently, due to more advocacy and just raising awareness of the importance of starting a family. It's becoming much more common now.
1: Exactly, I think that. And, and, and it's not, it's not specific to medicine either. Any, any woman going into mm-hmm. any workforce, there is that, there is that issue of, you know, mom guilt and um, having a family and being there for your children. And, you know, it's not specific to medicine. It's not specific mm-hmm. to surgery. So I, I really like, I, sometimes I don't get it. Like why are you, why is it, this field that you're so focused on that it's
0: impossible to have
1: you know a family
0: that's completely true i i hear it all the time and i mean think about it like even as an attending for the most part i mean it depends how much you choose to work but even as a surgical attending you can still have like a nine-to-five job like it's a possibility and so how is you being a surgeon with a regular job any different than anyone working any kind of career anywhere else you know a mom um it's not it's you're both working moms and you both are going to make it work somehow. The percentage of working moms now is just completely, uh, I don't even know, tripled, quadrupled than, you know, the the generation our parents grew up in. And again, residency is is a job. You're working hours. It's a much more hours than you're used to, but it's still a job. You can have kids, you can have leave, maternity leave. This is something I like to raise awareness to as well, because I, you know, if I end up getting married um, and have kids, I don't mind having kids in residency. And I just want people to feel like, especially women listening, like you can do the things you love, you can pursue the careers you love, and you can still do anything else that you want to do, whether it's not have a family or have a family. So. Absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah. Well, um, I'm so excited that we had you here to discuss these uh, topics with us. Um, Before, you know, we finish up and wrap up this episode, it was a nice short and sweet one, but really filled with good information. Um, I would just like to ask you if you have any last minute words, any tips or advice or anything you'd like to share with the listeners.
1: I mean, it kind of goes along with what we were talking about. It's just don't let a certain expectation or a societal, you know, thought process about a certain field or a certain goal that you have you know stop you it Mm -hmm. really is you know figuring out what really what you are passionate about what you love and doing everything that you can to do that and not not letting anyone really stop you and not letting Mm -hmm. those like societal expectations you
0: know keep you mm-hmm. down. And also, you know, it, you, you bring that up. It, it's also important to not be afraid to be one of the first people to do something, not saying that there is an Arab Muslim woman in, in surgery, but definitely like you were saying earlier, it was hard to find a mentor. They are a minority in medicine and, or sorry, they are a minority in surgery um, in medicine too, as well. But what's wrong with being another Arab Muslim woman in surgery like this is you're going to be such a role model for so many women to come they can look up to you and say like wow like Hiba did it I can do it too and so don't be afraid to like take new steps that maybe you haven't even if you don't have a mentor for or even if you don't have a role model like don't be afraid to take these steps for yourself um, and then if you can find people you know to talk about their experiences and People like, you know, that we even bring on this podcast that talk about these experiences, we like to showcase like minority opinions because we can do it too. And so don't be afraid to reach out and try to find mentors or uh, people that can inspire you to do like new things for sure. Exactly. I completely agree. Yeah. So yeah, I want to thank you again. If you could share with everyone your social medias, how we can keep up with you. We have, we're going to find out in one month where we're all destined for residency for all the fourth (laughs) years. So we'd like for them to follow along and see how your general surgery experience goes. I mean, I'm sure you'll probably be sharing on your, on your Instagram as well, like your experience Mm -hmm. in residency. So if you'd like to share that with us. Absolutely.
1: So, my Instagram handle is at um, Essence of Med, E S S E N C E O F M E D. And this was so exciting and fun to record with you. I'm I'm so happy that we got to do this.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy that you had time for us to come on here and chat with us. Um, I'm going to put her Instagram in the description of this podcast episode. You guys should follow her. She has great content. Um, and then we'll be able to follow along with HEPA. So thank you so much. Yay. Bye. Bye. everyone that is going to conclude today's episode I really want to thank Hiba from Essence of Med on Instagram for joining us today and telling us about why she chose to enter general surgery residency I think it's really important to raise awareness and advocate for minorities in medicine and not just minorities in medicine but also women minorities in surgery specifically so I really want to thank her for joining us And I really want to thank you guys for continuing to come back and listening to our episodes. It means so much to us. Remember, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Brown Girl White Coat. And with that, I thank you for making this podcast a part of your day wherever you are.